Switching to Geico is a good idea, especially when you consider everything. First off, Geico makes it easy to switch. They have licensed agents available 24-7 online or over the phone. But if it's so easy, you might start thinking everything is easy, even big wave surfing. And it's not. It's actually quite difficult. Well, if you switch to Geico, you could save hundreds on car insurance. And you could keep saving by bundling your motorcycle, boat, and RV, plus your home or renter's insurance. But saving money might lead you to make some questionable purchases, like a 20-foot feather boa. And do you know how hard it is to clean a 20-foot feather boa? Well, they do have an industry-leading mobile app you can use to pay your bill, file and manage a claim, or add a new driver. But when life gets a little easier, it makes you too confident. And you start calling everyone ace. And you're better than that. Well, Geico has a 97% customer satisfaction rating and has been saving people money for 85 years. It's hard to beat that. But you're right. Switch to Geico. It's obviously a good idea. This is Howie with the Howlin' Wolf, and you're listening to Tina and Jeff with Floors Truly. Live from New Orleans, home of good food, good music, and tons of fun, this is Tina and Jeff with Floors Truly. Hey, Jeff. Happy Tuesday. How are you doing today? Happy Tuesday. It's officially summer. June is here. The temperature is starting to go up. And of course, I just got to say, Tina, I went to a parade this weekend. A what? What's that? You know, it's one of these things that's got like floats and bands and people are out there and it was crazy. They were like throwing things. I had forgotten what all that was about. 18 months removed and I forgot what they were too. But yes, we had the Memorial Day Parade in Harahan. That's right. Crew of Kings rolled in Harahan this past Sunday, took the Jefferson Highway route, which hasn't been used in 35 years since the crew of Jason used to run out in Harahan. A long time ago, they put on a great, uh, they picked the perfect day for it. No rain, uh, slightly, partly cloudy skies. The temperature was in the low 80s, you know, low humidity. We had low humidity, it yes. Perfect. It was absolutely perfect. So there were crowds out in the streets. The parade came through. Uh, I think they ended up with uh, 17 or 18 floats. We had a marching band, Chalmette High came out with their marching band, which I know was incredibly difficult to do after right after graduation, basically, and school lets out, you're trying to get a, a marching band in. They had some other little small band groups that had come together. There was a like a six-piece band that came through. Several of the marching crews, the, the dance crews were in it. Really, really nicely done. Harahan's got a big contingency of like classic cars, like show cars, things like that. And throughout the parade, you got these little groups of the classic automobiles that would come through really well done to celebrate Memorial Day, to give people a reason to get back out in the streets. And I have to say, I think it was a massive success and hopefully the start of not only a new tradition, but getting back to our regular traditions of being together for so many events. I think we Yes, and I like it. I I like that. In other cities, they do that. They have parades for various different holidays. They do them for Veterans Day. They do it for Easter. We have our annual Easter parade here in New Orleans. Well, normally we do, but I like the idea of having that and being able to use the floats. And of course, Memorial Day is a holiday that kind of just, you know, slips through the cracks. So I'm glad they were able to honor that. I know they said there was like some tens of thousands of people out there. So it's great to hear it. Beautiful weather. Couldn't have asked for a nicer time. And yes, it is. It is fun to see people getting out and about again. Yeah, it was really great to do that. And yesterday, Memorial Day, uh, a lot of the businesses locally were closed. But this past weekend, 
The tourism office said New Orleans had its highest occupancy rate at the hotels downtown since before COVID started. And so that's a really good trend. Memorial Day, this time of year, isn't really a time where we get throngs of tourists, but we're getting them now because people still have a thirst to come visit the city. I went up and down Frenchman Street yesterday afternoon, Cherie and I, and we went into a couple of the clubs. We we, we caught some great live music along the way. We stopped in at Brew Carré, had some awesome beer. Robert, uh, who's the uh, owner over there, really uh, has put out some great beer and is looking forward to getting people back in there. But the city's coming back. We're feeling that energy. And uh, I think that we should all really be excited about that. And those of you who live away from New Orleans, now is the time to start picking out your dates to come down here. This is about the time to start looking at that. Yes, and definitely. And in this time of the year is usually, like you said, we have that lull from because what's normally Jazz Fest. And then we have a few little small festivals in the spring, but it's it's beautiful weather. Things are opening back up. I heard Bourbon Street was packed. There's a lot of things going on outside of the city as well. Uh, Hollywood South, as we've called New Orleans before, a lot of films and movies, uh, television shows are starting to film here again. Uh, we talked about Sean Payton's, I guess I want to call it documentary type movie, Home Team, starring Kevin James. And uh, Adam Sandler's uh, production company is filming. They're gonna, they're starting actually this week or next week here. So a lot of other different local productions are gonna be starting in the area. So they'll be needing extras. So it's just really great to see things starting to boom back here in the New Orleans area. I really love hearing that because you know we've we've been down for a little while, but you know we're coming back full force, no doubt. It, it is about time. And of course, we talk about music, we talk about movies, we talk about the entertainment center, we talk about marketing the city. I think uh, I think that's a perfect lead into our guest today, right, Dana? Yes, yes. We have a fantastic guest with us today. He is kind of a jack of all trades, actor, filmmaker, singer, all around entertainer, marketer. Everybody, welcome from Floors Truly, Armando Ludic. How are you today, Armando? Perfect. I'm great. It's Leduc, actually. Oh, I'm sorry, Leduc. <laughs> And I'm so happy that you're here to join us on Floors Thank Truly you. today. Your background is so exciting and so diverse. You, you're you into so many different things, but I want to kind of just jump in like immediately because you're not from New Orleans and you have made New Orleans your home. So I want to know exactly, and I know our listeners, a lot of them have been asking this too, what brought you to New Orleans and what's kept you here? I know she grabbed a hold of you <laughs> and not does. letting go. <laughs> So I thought, well, number one, I moved here because of the film industry, actually. Um, started acting in 98, and um, I auditioned for a project called Campus Confidential back in 2005, before the storm. And I came down, I was like, oh, man, this place is cool. Um, I had visited here once before when I was uh, teaching Swing Latin and Ballroom um, back in 2000. I was like, oh, wow, this is a really cool city. I could, you know. I definitely want to visit again. And then when I came to audition, um, started driving around the city and, and, and drove down magazine. I was like, wow, this place is really, really cool. So um, and then I just found out from other actors that this is where they were starting to shoot a lot of movies. And I was like, all right, well, this will probably be a, a nice little stepping stone to, to L.A. And I moved everything here in 2005, you know, Mardi Gras um, was here about six months and then boom, Katrina hit. And so, you know, I left um, at the time I had uh, I had an office at Independent Studios right over there in the Ninth Ward. And I was staying on uh, Camp Street 
on say at St. Joe's as a matter of what's crazy is that Saturday before we evacuated, I woke up and uh, do you guys remember that Polynesian Joe's bar? Oh yeah. Yeah. Yes. So the owner was murdered. He was shot in the head that morning or, wow. or, 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 or that evening. And I was like, wait, what's happening. And so there was cop cars everywhere. And then all of a sudden, um, you know, they were like, you got to evacuate. Everybody's got to go. Blah, blah, blah. So, so we left. Right. And uh, ended up in Mississippi and uh, was stranded out there for a while. No gas, no cell phone, no nothing, you know, um, ended up back in Georgia for about a month. And I was like, all right, well, let me go check on my stuff, you know, see, see, see where we're at. So I came back to new Orleans and I visited some of my friends that had stayed and, you know, um, so, you know, obviously the ninth ward was, was, was underwater. And so all of my stuff out there was, was gone. So I was like, all right, you know what? Um, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I don't know if I can stay here. So I'm on my way out of the city and uh, right over there by the Superdome, you know, I, 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 I decided to stop because I saw people, you know, working over there and it was Belfort at the time, the company. And I was like, I said, let me just ask, Hey guys, you know, I, I, I live here. Um, you know, it's affected. I, I don't want to necessarily leave, but you know, is there something I can do to like help, you know, the city and guys like, well, what can you do? And I was like, well, I've managed before I speak Spanish. She'd say, give me a second. And then five minutes later, um, I had a job had a hotel. They were paying me per diem, you know, and uh, I just ran crews around the city, um, you know, cleaning up the city, city park, the park plaza hotel, American can apartments, you know, all over the place. And so I put my blood, sweat and tears um, physically into the city right after the storm. And I felt like I became a New Orleanian at that time. You know, I really felt like I, I you know, I came back with the city, even though I'm not, you know, born and raised here. Uh, but my daughter is. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And so, so uh, yeah. So you know, I I, I really started. I, I felt a connection to to this place that I had never found anywhere else. Um, my dad was in the military, so I grew up everywhere. You know, every three years we were somewhere else, and so there was never. This was the longest place I had ever lived. Um, I became a man here. I became you know a business owner here, a husband, a father. You know, so. Um, can't see myself living anywhere else. I love to travel, but um, this is home for me. And, and, you know, and I just, I, I really love it here. Well, you know, there's, there's two types of, of New Orleanians and those, there are those of us who were born and raised here. And there are those of us who transplant in and they just become part of the culture. And you are the perfect example of somebody who's done that. You know, you, you can be seen uh, all over the place. I know I've run into you just at random times here and there, and I've oh, seen yeah. you perform at different places. So you've really uh, adapted into the culture well, and you're there, but a lot of, you've spent a lot of time now in that, in that music scene. And tell us a little bit about uh, what you've done in terms of, uh, you know, you've got, you've got your band, you've got different bands that you've, that you've played with and performed with. Uh, tell us about how you got there and where that's come since. So I started my music career uh, singing opera in Augusta, Georgia <laughs> at, uh, at Augusta State University. And I quit and I was like, ah, I don't think I'm going to be doing this, you know. Um, and I had always played in like, you know, indie rock bands in Augusta and uh, ended up on Bourbon Street as, uh, as an MC because of my acting background and my singing background. And so I worked at pretty much every club on bourbon, Razoo, 544, Fat Cats, 
Um, I've probably seen you. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> We've probably talked several times. I'm sure. Oh yeah, I, I, <laughs> I was Mister, I was Mister, uh, Mister Bourbon Street for a long time. As a matter of fact, I wrote a movie called Bourbon Whiz. If you guys like the bourbon zeitgeist, it's a fun, fun little flick about um, Dorothy who ends up uh, in on on Bourbon Street and uh, meets a crackhead instead of a scarecrow and a Tin Man, a living statue instead of a Tin Man. So it's a fun little little project but um so i ended up getting together with a band called b street benny at the time um they were playing uh, at the bourbon street the bbc the bourbon street blues company mm-hmm. which is now mm-hmm. the bourbon Bandstand. stand that's right and so i was working with them and we played like five six nights a week you know um my my repertoire got like big i mean you know like 400 songs deep you know everything from american girl to you know, Michael Jackson to, I mean, anything you can think of classic rock to modern rock to rap to hip hop to everything. And I really got my feet, you know, being a, being a musician on Bourbon street is, uh, it's, it's like boot camp for musicians. Um, You really learn the craft. Well, you're doing it every day. You, you know, you, you really become a great musician. And I, I was fortunate to play with some amazing people and um, and then I left Bourbon Street because I wanted to be able to to focus on my, my acting career um, as well. And so I didn't want to um, I wanted to be able to uh, like have some time to actually pursue my acting career. And so I found a band named um, Flashback. They were an 80s, you know, cover band that dressed up sort of like the Molly Ringwalds. Um, and so we played together and we you know, I said, uh, you know, playing the eighties is great. And I love the eighties, but like, I, I'd like to like play everything if possible. And so we rebranded to that band in 2014 and we've been, oh man, since 2014, we've won best of the not like six, five, six years in a row, um, wedding wire and just, you know, have, have, have really become a, um, a, a really popular band here. And so it's just, it's been, it's been great. We've, you know, we've played um, festivals and um, weddings and corporate events and all of that good stuff. And then I have a, a, a Latin band that I started here as well called uh, Armando Leduc y Salsa Royal, which I take a lot of the American tunes, but I, I bring like a salsa and, and, and Latin uh, mix to it. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so, I mean, the great thing about New Orleans is that it's, it's so ripe for everything like, and it's, and it's small enough. It's big enough and it's small enough. It's big enough to have the talent around you that, that you can get done what you need done, but it's small enough to, to, to get around, you know, and, and, and really make some things happen. And, and business is easy because, because of that fact. So, um, so yeah, we were able to build something fun and, and, and big and, and uh, yeah, I've, I've been enjoying the singing stuff. I've been uh, played jazz fest too. Played French quarter fest as well. Awesome. So yeah, so I grew up in the music world myself. My dad was in a jazz band for many many years, and uh, literally up until he passed away. 
Um, he sang and played trumpet, which uh, I tried to get into, but <laughs> I just you don't have trumpet? lungs for. No, <laughs> I tried briefly, and he wanted me to to learn an instrument, and I played, I dabbled with piano and keyboard a little bit, but I just didn't have the lungs for trumpet. I don't know how he did it all those years. I mean, he played trumpet from the time he was a child to, like I said, right before he passed away. And uh, similar with what you were saying, he played with some of the greats, P. Fountain, Al Hurt. Um, it nice. just, you know, it. I didn't appreciate it when I was younger, and I appreciate it now but it's just you know when you grow up and you hear you're downstairs and you hear that trumpet all day long but it's just <laughs> you know, like you said I say this all the time Jeff, Jeff can definitely agree with me I say New Orleans is a big city but a small town we yeah. are so blessed here with so much it's like a, a pot of gumbo with so yeah. much culture and just I mean literally if you if you want to be a singer if you want to be an actor if you uh you know want to produce if you want to cook if, if you if there's any there, there's a spot for you in New Orleans you just have yeah. to make it happen and the, you know, with your resume and your background, it's just so impressive because there's so many things that you've done. I mean, just on the acting side of it, you've actually, like you mentioned before, you've written uh, a screenplay before, you've produced, you've directed. And, and, and I know we just talked about this earlier. Hollywood South is on its way back. Totally. I mean, it was it was rough for a while and, uh, you know, obviously shut down because of COVID. And, you know, there were some issues with the tax credits. I want to get into all of that. But I mean, things are, are amping back up here again. So as somebody who's very involved in that background, what I mean, what do you see coming? I, I don't know if you're even at liberty to talk about some of your projects that are coming up. But what do you see with some of the challenges and also some of, I guess, things that we should look forward to? in the next probably six uh, to 12 months on that end. So I, I was talking to somebody about this earlier, but um, you know, after the Spanish flu in the 19, um, 1920s, you know, you saw a really big boom, right? Everybody, everybody kind of came out of hiding and, you know, everybody, you know, just, just had this new sense of, of appreciation for life, you know? And I think that's what you're going to see. You're going to see a lot a lot of these writers that were, you know, at home, not doing anything else, but like creating content. I think you're going to see some amazing stories come out of this amazing art, um, amazing films. And um, New Orleans is just in a great place to, 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 to bring on all of those projects, right? Because like you were saying, the talent, the talent is here, the talent's been here. You know, you've got amazing actors that live in the city. You've got people that have been behind the camera for years now. I mean, they, they, they've got the uh, they've got the chops that that L.A. people do, you know, from your second A.D.s to first A.D.s, you know. And so um, you've got an amazing backdrop, which is New Orleans. So you can shoot, you know, big city scenes right there in the CBD. But you can also shoot, you know, your um, your 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 more open field type stuff and Chalmette and, you know, um, the North shore, but you can also get that old school feel in the French quarter. And, you know, you, we've got water all around. So if you need that, I mean, you just, th this is a, it's, it's a perfect spot and it's easy to film too. Cause everybody it's, it's, it's accepted, you know, like I, I, I tried shooting some projects in LA and there's a lot of red tape and everybody's just over it and you're like, get out of the road, you know, but over here, I remember I was shooting, um that bourbon whiz project right there on esplanade avenue and we didn't have a permit to shoot at the time and uh and and this cop came by and i'm like well that's it guys we're about to get shut down and he came and he closed traffic for us he's like all right go ahead continue and i was like oh 
all right. And he just, he, he sat there watching us, you know, and, and, and move traffic around, around the, the corner from us. I mean, I, I don't know if that's, that's everybody's experience, but it was, you know, I was like, man, this is like, it's, it's, it's just so easy to do things. You know, I guess that's why they call it the big easy, but mm-hmm. you know, it's really, it's just so easy to, 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 to get things, you know, moving and, and, you know, and past. And, you know, I just, I, I love that fact, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm half Puerto Rican too. So we, we, there's a lot of similarities from with new Orleans and, and Puerto Rico in terms of like, you know, the feel and culture and food and, you know, and all of that. If you saw, if you ever been to Viejo San Juan, which is old San Juan looks just like the French quarter, like right. exactly like the French quarter. That same, that same feel you get there too. I'm yeah. sure <laughs> that's, and I tell you, and it, you've, you've got, you're talking about how simple it is and, all the different backdrops you just mentioned. And we talked about going out to Chalmette or going out to the North Shore or going out to wherever. And then in, in this area, right, right down the street from me in Elmwood, there are all of these warehouses that have been devoted to becoming studio space. So you have mm. all of this area that filming can happen and it's really become an easy place. Of course, you know, you have all the tax issues and all this stuff that sits on the political end of the spectrum. But in terms of everyone that I've spoken to, in fact, last weekend, NCIS New Orleans sold off all of their props yeah, right so. down the road from me. I went and I, I, in fact, the desk that I'm sitting at right now was uh, an NCIS New Orleans desk that I got a nice. fantastic deal on. And uh, I was talking to some of the workers out there that were like, yeah, we're kind of bummed out the show's over, but we're really confident in that we're going to have work going forward and the people here have been great to work with and a lot of those folks are people that are not at acuity insurance we believe the things you do for your business are heroic and you deserve someone equally heroic to protect them we put our all into covering your business so you can focus on the things you love most that's the power of heart acuity insurance wholeheartedly for you native to new orleans they've come here like you from elsewhere and have settled in and and gotten comfortable here. And they want to stay. They don't have a desire to leave. And I think that's an important part of it because we do have great people that can do all the behind the scenes stuff. UNO was pumping out people left and right to go into the film industry to run the back of the house stuff. And and, and the actors who've come here, to even the big actors who've come to New Orleans to film, they love it here because they're not bothered. They They can shoot, they can go out to dinner at night. And there's no big hoo-ha that goes around it. You know what I mean? Right. So, a lot of them have made this their second home, have bought homes through exactly. the years. You And you hear about it, you know, when Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt were still married, they were sighted through the French Quarter uh, numerous times. Sandra Bullock has a home here. Actually, a friend of mine saw her in a cafe and nobody bothered her. She just sat there and read her paper. Uh, Jennifer Coolidge. I mean, there's so many uh, celebrities that have homes here that have made it their home because they can go anywhere any of the shops, magazine, walk through the quarter with, with their, you know, with their family or by themselves and not be bothered. They're just, you know, they're just another citizen of New Orleans that, you know, we've adopted. And I think that's, you're right. That's another reason why, you know, people are so attracted here because I mean, we just, I don't want to say we're just used to it, but we're just, it's, you know, we're, we're unbothered by it. You know, it's right. just, okay. Hey, that they have a life and 
you know, they're doing everybody their thing here is a celebrity. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's just, you, we have our job, we have our, you know, things to do and, and, and Hey, look, they're here, they're filming or they're, you know, visiting for the summer with their, with their family. But I mean, I think that's a great thing. And I mean, that's, I, I think that's another attraction is why so many people come to the area. And I know Jeff, you were mentioned the studio there's Celtic studios, which is up in Baton Rouge. Yeah, and massive, they just, I, yes, huge, huge lot. If you've ever passed that way, they're working on a, a Disney plus film that's going to start uh this month filming so i mean it's just there's so many things going on in the industry it's hard not to be excited as new orleans but also just because we have been you know i guess crippled for (laughs) the last you know 12 13 months and to see things booming it's exciting and i'm sure you feel like the same way armando because i know you've got projects that are in the works and things that you've wanted to do and probably had to put it on hold and you know now it's it's kind of like everything's going back on your plate at once (laughs) How did the pandemic, so as we talked about your background and being involved in so many things, so not only, you know, you've got, you've got a background in the music, you've got a background in film, you've got a background in comedy, you've got a background in, in production, all of those things coming together. How did the pandemic affect you and the things that you were trying to accomplish? I almost feel guilty talking about it because <laughs> it's, <laughs> everybody you know not everybody but there's a lot of people that you know did not fare well during this you know during this crisis and for me it was oh man it was like it was a blessing in disguise I guess because it really forced me you know to 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 reevaluate what I'm doing how I'm doing things what I'm doing and my you know dap ants started, you know, booking weddings again and, and like a lot, like it just, it exploded. Like, I feel like everybody, you know, decided they wanted to get married during, during the pandemic or they wanted to get divorced either or. Right. Uh, I know a lot of people didn't make it. Um, (laughs) I will say that too. It's like, you know, it tested, it tested my marriage too. It made us to, you know, force, it forced you to like, you know, deal with things that were in your face that you could be like, you know, kind of brush off when you were busy, you know, like, oh, well, you know, whatever. But, you know, when you have to see your mate every day, you better figure it out, you know. And, right. uh, you know, my, my, my marriage became stronger as a, as a result, you know. And um, so that was really good. Uh, Dad band started, you know, booking more, more, more gigs. And uh, what really, like, exploded for me was my, um, was my video production company that um, it's called LeDuc Entertainment. And we've been doing... Um, marketing for businesses um in the area and and we've also you know traveled to 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 do these these different projects but um it changed my entire business because i was doing one commercial you know for a company um every like six seven months and now i'm producing you know eight to ten videos a month per client so we're you know we're, we're banging out about 150 videos a month right now you know i've got six six you know, editors on staff, I've got, you know, several project managers and and filmmakers. So that that part of my business is exploding. And that's because everybody started understanding how powerful digital media was and social media. And, you know, if you had a business that you needed to make sure that you have, you know, a presence on social media, but not just a presence, but like the right strategy behind putting your content together and, you know, and, 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 establishing yourself as the expert and positioning yourself 
so that people knew that you're the plumber to go to, you're the construction company to go to, you're the dentist, you know? And so right. that's, that's been extremely uh, successful for us. And, um, you know, very happy to, you know, keep that going here in this, in, in, in this uh, whole state. You know? Well, I, I, you know, you brought up the production work you're doing and what I find fascinating about it is, you know, well, anybody can go out and get a videographer to capture an event or to put something together. But really what you've done is developed a company that can, that can put together, whether it's a, a, a short film or even a long film, beginning to end with that production quality. And it's anything from whether it's a commercial or, or, or it's a wedding or it's, you know, you're trying to spotlight something or you want to capture an event. It's almost like having a, a movie crew putting together a video. That's what really kind of makes that different. Tell us about what you're doing with the Leduc Entertainment. Business, right? And marketing, it's, it's, it's such a chain, ever, ever changing medium, right? You know, what is marketing? How do you separate yourself from, from your competition? You know, and um, what I've learned with, with some of, the, um, some of the, the, the clients that I've had, is that if you have the correct strategy, if you understand what your what your um, messaging is, there's a book called uh, My Story Brand. And basically what he did was he took the screenplay model and he applied it to business, right? So he's saying, you know, when, when you're putting your marketing out, you want to establish yourself as the Obi-Wan of your of the story right you don't want to position your company as luke skywalker right so right. if you can put if you can put your clients as the protagonist in their story and then you position yourself as the guide then people are going to trust you why because people don't really trust salespeople; they trust teachers right mm -hmm. and so that's where a lot of my philosophy is coming from in terms of, of marketing for my clients is how can I establish my, you know, my clients as teachers in their, in their niches so that when people see them, they see them as teachers and not salespeople. Because a lot of times business, business owners, when they're posting on social media, they're posting a lot of call to action. They're posting, oh, call me for this, call me for that. It's, you know, the advertisements are, are really geared towards selling and people are like really turned off by that, right? Right, right. But they do like, value right mm -hmm. if you're building value if if you're a plumber and you're teaching them how to you know change their sink or if you're if you're a plum if you're a construction guy and you're teaching them how to build a deck or you know what it does is you know it establishes you as the as the expert you're not trying to sell them anything you you're you're teaching them something whether or not they 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 choose to you know build the deck by themselves they're always going to remember you because you taught them you know, and if they see it's too big of a process, they're going to go, hey, you know what? Why don't, why, don't, why don't you just come build this deck? You obviously know what you're doing. You come do it. Right. And so that's the that's sort of the mentality shift that I'm trying to, you know, trying to teach a lot of my uh, a lot of my clients is that you've got to get to get into storytelling and not story selling. Right. So right. you've got to you've got you, you, you got to stop selling and you've got to start building the relationships and, and building stories because people love stories. People remember stories. You know, that's how they'll that's how they are going to start engaging with your brand. And so these are the things that I've been uh, been doing lately. And man, 
the the results for the, the return on investment for a lot of these businesses has just been incredible. Right. You're right. A lot of a lot of classes and webinars that I've taken over the years in marketing, they always say, build your brand. Build your brand. And that's what it's about. I mean, it's 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 either creating a tag or something that the you know people will remember you for. It's it's commercially commercials. We have a lot of famous commercials here in New Orleans, and mm-hmm. people remember those taglines. You say them, and it's it, they won't remember the whole commercial, but they remember the company oh, they because will. of that tagline. It's the first thing that they teach you is you know build your brand and build something a memorable tagline that people will. Uh, River Parish Disposals. Everybody remembers that tagline from their commercials. All yeah. business stinks, <laughs> but it's picking yes. up. Right. Because right. they came, because their marketer came up with something that just stuck and, and you know, 10 years from now, we'll still remember it. I mean, yeah. it's just, it's crazy. The commercials I remember when I was younger, uh, Rosenberg's uh, furniture. I mean, you just, you remember these things, 1825 Tulane. I mean, it's just, it's little, right. little things like that. So you're like, you're right. You're building the brand. But and, I love and, the French know, quarter for you, French quarter for me, <laughs> French quarter for sides. That's right. And I think that even really getting into the, crux of what you're talking about. Look at these celebrity chefs that we've seen come out of New Orleans. And Emerald's the perfect example. Emerald would come oh, yeah. out and show you how to make something. But really, what was he doing? He was selling his brand of restaurants. Mm-hmm. But that's not what you saw it as. But you no. said, I got to go to New Orleans and I have to go to Emerald's or I have to go to Florida and I have to go to the Emerald's restaurant because I know him and he's taught me to, to make this or make that. Whatever, whatever he's doing, it's not a secret. And I think that's a big portion of it is, you know, sales, people view salespeople and go, oh, there's, there, there's some secret behind them that they're, look, I'm a sales guy and I am weary of salespeople. But what I want is somebody who is going to really con- be a consultant for me and give me real information and say, look, this is not the way you want to go. This, this is really what you, especially when it's a better value or, or a cheaper product or a, something where you're not just looking at the dollar signs and the add-ons like a typical salesperson has done. We right. really want to see what you've got to bring to the table and how you can advise me, be an advisor versus being a salesperson. I think that is a fantastic concept and I, I can, I can see, uh, that business growing very quickly for you, sir. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Especially, yeah, especially being in the area. And, and to touch a little bit on Emerald, think about how many people, when they're cooking, use his little phrase, bam. Yeah, think about it. It's <laughs> right. like, you know, just because yeah. it's it's so it's funny and it it's just it's something you remember him for. But like Jeff was right, you you come here and you think of the right. And we have so many great restaurants here, and I'm not knocking any of them, but it's just you know it's the ones that you don't hear about. But he did a very great job of of marketing his you know his 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 business and his restaurants and you know all his products. I mean, I remember watching him on it was either QVC or HSN, one of those shopping channels years ago. But I mean, that's what he was known for. And, you know, rule number one, they teach you in HR is it's not what you say, it's how you say it. But the truth is that can be applied in any industry, any way you look at it in marketing, not just in HR. It's not what you say, it's how you say it. And like you said, if you, you know, you, 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 
you teach people what they want to hear and in a way that they understand it and can make themselves relatable to others, you, you, you've got a, you've got a gold bond. You really do. And that's what most people, most small businesses want. They want someone that can help them market their business in a way that makes them relatable because not everybody has a tangible product that they can sell. Right. You know, or market. So what you're doing is really, really cool. So my final question for you before we wrap your mm-hmm. resume is so incredible. Uh, you have a variety of, of uh, experience. What is the one thing you have not tackled yet that you want to tackle? What is your, what is next on your to-do list or wish list? You know what I want to do? I want to do stand-up comedy. I want to, um, I'm, I'm, I'm in the process of writing a one-man show that terrifies me. <laughs> that terrifies Why? me. I can write, Why? I can write, <laughs> I can write for everybody else. Um, but if it, it, but if it's me, like, you know, talking about my life and, 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 you know, doing, doing, uh, doing sort of just it's personal it's just on stage. Yeah. Talk, I get it. Not a, not a band behind me. Cause that, that doesn't matter too. Like if I'm singing, I'm fine. I, I can sing all day, you know, but if it's just me telling jokes on stage where it's just like, you know, all right, go be funny. Like that is terrifying. And that is what, that that's what I want to do. That's definitely, I think, I think you'd, I think you'd be great at it and you're in the perfect city, but I get the anxiety issue of it because it took me for years to be comfortable on stage singing. I mean, growing up in my background with my dad, you think it would have been like second nature for me, but I was petrified from the time I was like four years old and first got on the stage. It took me, it wasn't until probably about five or six years ago, I finally got over my anxiety of singing on stage. And ironically enough, uh, two years later, I stopped singing. (laughs) So finally get over, finally get over the anxiety and the stress of it and, you know, no longer do it. So (laughs) go figure, (laughs) but I get it. It is. it, I get it. It's when you, you know, it's personal. It's, it's it whenever is personal. You, when you put yourself out there, it's very personal and it's hard. You know, it, I noticed when I, in, in friends of mine that have performed, they sing other song, other people's songs and they cut, do covers. It's fine. But when they, they want to perform something that they wrote, it's much more difficult because you're opening that door and you're letting people in. And, mm. you know, when you're on stage, you become, you can become a different person, but when you uh, open that door and it's something that, you know, is relatable to you, you can't do that. So I get it. But no, I think you'd be great at it. And again, New Orleans is the best city in the world for something like that. I mean, we have so many different avenues. I know people actually that are in stand-up comics, so I can get you uh, good connections if you, if you want. And, and, uh, you know, I think y'all would, you'd do great with it. I really do. You've conquered so much already. (laughs) I'm actually looking at the castle theater on Wednesday, uh, tomorrow, tomorrow. I'm, I'm, I'm checking out the space. So we'll see. Well, let me tell you, Mondo, of all the years that you and I have uh, have known each other, which we have we have very casually known each other for probably almost ten years now. Oh yeah, and uh, and it's funny because I've watched you grab the bull by the horns and just if one avenue doesn't work, you go right after the next one, and there is no stopping to your pursuit. And I think that speaks volumes about your ability to diversify yourself as a person, and then also really bring diversification to the concepts that other people are bringing to you. And so I think that to me really speaks volumes about the things that you're available to do and the things that you can do yourself. So I have no doubt whatsoever 
that uh, you'll make your way into the stand-up comedy scene real soon. And uh, I'm, I'm sure Tina and I will probably come hang out and watch. Oh, definitely, definitely, <laughs> right. definitely. Let us know when the show is. We will promote it on our socials and get the word out there. And we'll uh, definitely be, if we can get some VIP passes to be on that first row, we'll be there. <laughs> I, I, I just want to hang out with you guys all the time. Oh, I mean, y'all are, y'all... <laughs> Y'all have this like amazing, um, just, you know, I, I hope, do you guys talk about this? Like with every guest that you have, like this amazing, like it's, it's, it's an incredible, it's really fun to be on this show. I got to tell you. Uh, well, thank you. We appreciate it. You come back on anytime. We, yeah, we just, for sure. remember looking we, forward to doing some in-person shows. Uh, hopefully sometime in the not too distant future. So yes, that was our goal when Flores truly first started. But you know, I'm a firm believer that everything happens for a reason. And if whatever that reason is, it's bringing us to the path where we're supposed to be just a year later. And that's fine, because I feel like better late than never. (laughs) So again, thank you so much for joining us. Please tell our listeners where they can find you online on all your social media accounts. And uh, if they definitely need your services, uh, where they can uh, get a hold of you. You guys can always find me at ArmandoLaduke.com. That'll take you to my LaDukeEntertainment.com site. But uh, just look me up at ArmandoLaduke.com on Google, and I will show up on Instagram, LinkedIn, the whole nine. Yeah, follow me. Um, I do some clubhouse talks, too. So, you know, on scaling to seven figures. So um, I do that on Fridays. That sounds fantastic. Where, yeah. where is that? Because I need to uh, I need to make sure I'm in on that. Right on. So Clubhouse, um, if you guys aren't on Clubhouse, it's it's amazing. It's it's like a podcast. Uh, it's like a live podcast with, you know, with different uh, speakers on the stage and people can ask questions. It's a really cool platform. I, w- I would recommend it to you guys for sure. Nice. Um, but uh, yeah, it's Fridays. Um, if you're not on um, Clubhouse, send me a send me a message. I can I'll, I'll invite you. I'll give you. I think I yeah. Do. Shoot me an email. Definitely, we're interested. We love chatting. Can't you tell? <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's awesome. <laughs> we're children of New Orleans, and we love doing what we can to try to promote uh, other children of New Orleans. And you are definitely that now. So. <laughs> And uh, I just want to tell all of our listeners again, thank you for joining this week on Floors Truly. You can catch me on social media. I am Tina at The Nola Girl on Twitter and Instagram. And you can also catch the Floors Truly accounts on Facebook. It's Floors Truly Podcast, Floors Truly Pod on Instagram, and Floors Truly Pod on Twitter. And Jeff, tell everybody where they can find you online. Well, on the Twitter sphere, I am The Nola Rola. That's where you'll find me there. And of course, you can get on Facebook and find me. You can you can always comment on the Floors Truly Facebook page and I will happily respond. Otherwise, it is Jeff Momus, M-A-U-M-U-S. That's how you'll find me on Facebook. Please, any questions, anything coming up, want to know what's going on in the city when you want to come visit, let us know. We are going to let you know what to do. And if you ask very nice, we might actually be your personal tour guides. <laughs> we might come along with you if you're buying special. So. Oh, definitely. Especially if it's crawfish involved, I'm there. Right. <laughs> well, thank y'all again for joining us on this week's Floors Truly. And we will see you again soon. We have some special guests and some really cool shows coming up. So just stay tuned to our socials. We'll see you then. Have a great week on Floors Truly. It's hurricane season.
At Acuity Insurance, we believe the things you do for your business every day are nothing short of heroic. And you deserve someone equally heroic to protect them. Like the breaking ground on new construction things, the every box and barcode matters things, and the driving the family business forward things. We put our all into covering your business so you can focus on the things you love most. That's the power of heart. Acuity Insurance, wholeheartedly for you. Clorox knows you want your clothes smelling fresh and clean, but so what happens? That's why we created Clorox Fabric Sanitizers to freshen up your clothes between washes, pre-treat extra stinky laundry, and make sure every last odor comes out in the wash. Clorox Fabric Sanitizers take care of all that and eliminate 99% of odor-causing bacteria. Plus, they're bleach-free and safe for all colors and fabrics. When it counts, trust Clorox.